You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello, mates. Welcome back to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. I am joined today with Rick and Anna, who are both doing well, I assure you. Maybe not Rick, but, you know, he's... He's gonna he's gonna walk it off. He'll be fine. Um, today we're joined with a very special guest, somebody I've been looking forward to speaking to for for quite some time. Um, he is the creator of Yak Wax Lips, which is probably the best thing to happen to adventure games in quite some time. Um, he's filling a much needed gap or void in news for adventure games, specifically indie developers and things like that. He's just bloody brilliant. So I'll just let him talk instead of me talking about him while he listens, which is kind of weird. Rude, um, Paul. Rude. Michael, welcome to the show, mate. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, I, I love people How talking about me. That was. Great. I'm going to use all of that quotes on my future things. The best thing to happen to uh, indie adventure games in a while. That is just going to be plastered all over my website now. You know that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I always wanted to be quoted. Lovely. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm well. Thank you very much for um, for asking me on. It's a, really, a real privilege to. I listen to you guys all the time. So yeah, to be asked is a is a genuine privilege. Thank you. Yeah, well, thanks for listening to us, mate. We, we've we've invited all three people that listen to the show on, so it's been quite quite lovely. He's got to cycle uh, through them again after this, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, I'm sure, Michael, you know, just as well as the next, that you have to really adjust your expectations as far as numbers are concerned when you're focusing specifically on adventure games, because uh, it's quite quite a niche little little market. You know, I think a lot of YouTubers would be excited over you know, 7,000 views, and, and we're, we're pretty excited about 700. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty excited about when it hits three figures. Like 100 is, I'm like delighted and doing a little happy dance. So, yeah, it's definitely, yeah. Uh, definitely its own very little niche. Do you think that you've brought in some people that are not necessarily adventure gamers? Um, quite possibly. Um, I'm not really, I don't really analyze my audience. Um, I like to talk to them a lot. Uh, but, uh, there's a, there's a lot of people that I've met that used to play the games back in the day in the nineties and kind of lost touch mm -hmm. with them. And I think they've, mm -hmm. I hope to think that I've rekindled their relationship with them and they, they may have gone on to buy. Well, the the newer batch of games. I say newer in inverted commas. You know, the since nineteen ninety seven onwards. Mm -hmm. Well, from what I can see of uh, your your content, you like the classic adventure games, but you're also uh, interested in supporting indie developers and newer games that are out in the same vein. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I going back not that long, um, even like three years ago, possibly. Um, all I did really was play the classics. You know, Monkey Island once a year. Um, chucking a few extra extra LucasArts games and kind of that was it and it wasn't really till I decided you know I wanted to start something um, mm -hmm. about adventure games like kind of a deep dive into the classic adventure games and then I discovered this other world of actually mm -hmm. this this genre is still kind of alive and kicking and mm -hmm. there isn't anyone really shouting about it too much so I thought you know what I I guess I can just shove my oar in and uh and and give it a go myself and and since then i mean i've i've i have i mean i probably have hundreds of games of that have been released in even in the past like five years let alone before that all adventure games and and yeah i it's the best thing that i've ever done just diving into this into this genre and and starting uh starting yak wax lips and shouting from the rooftops about 
about all these newer adventure games and new developers. What have you noticed has been a difference between an adventure game made in the 90s, say like a Sam and Max, to some of the newer adventure games that are out there by companies like Wajadai or, or other ones, as far as like style and, and how they're put together? Or do you think they're, they're kind of like the same? Um, I, I don't really think they're the same, to be honest. Um, with the Wajadai games, um, you've obviously, you know, you've got the pixel art. And I'll say right from the start, I'm an absolute sucker for pixel art. If it's got pixel mm -hmm. art in it, I'm going to play it. Um, mm -hmm. but I think the games these days are kind of targeted at people who used to play them. So, you know, I was, I was, uh, you know, I was in my early teens in the mid nineties. Mm -hmm. Um, and the games then were being targeted at people in their early teens. The games that are out now are being targeted at people that are in their mid to late thirties and, and upwards. So mm -hmm. they, the games can be a lot more mature. Um, mm -hmm. and also what with people having no attention span whatsoever, they need to have a real, real strong story and a real replayability. It's quite easy to play a computer game and um, and then forget about it five minutes after you've finished it and never play it again. But if you've got a Wadget Eye game, like Unavailed, you can you can play that several times over with different characters. Um, I recently, mm -hmm. finally, finally uh, managed to play Lamplight City from um, Francisco. Mm -hmm. And, nice. uh, you know, the choices on there, you know, it closes off cases and I want to go back and replay some of that. So I think that's... It's an evolution is what it is. And so I think they're different in that aspect. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you can't discount just the, the, the whole classic era um, of LucasArts because, I mean, that's what I grew up with. And I think nostalgia does play a big part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, one thing I love about your channel, just in a completely selfish way, is the fact that you are biased towards pixel art because I am as well, <laughs> to the point where... I, I, I've got so many great non-pixel art games to play, but five new ones with pixel art come out before I'll ever get the chance to. So it's 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 kind of sad to say that if it's not pixel art, I'm probably just not going to have the time to play it, just because I vehemently mm -hmm. prefer the pixel art over it. But you hit the nail on the head, mate, when you said you know we were in our, our uh, early to to mid teens or whatever in the '90s, and nowadays all those people like us are are in their mid thirties, mid forties, and and making the games or, or talking about them. So it is, it is a revival and it's nice that um, some, some of the bad trends have died, like Walking Dead scenarios to see developers learning from, from mistakes and things like that. So I guess one thing I'd be curious, I, I've played a lot of modern adventure games, modern classics or whatever, but nowhere near as many as you have. So similar, similar to Anna's question, um, but just to go, I guess another layer into it is what have you noticed, um, when you fire up an old game after playing one of the new ones, have you, is it jarring? You know, is, can you, because it's pixel art and because the adventure game genre itself hasn't changed mechanically too much at all, is it noticeable when you're playing an old game after you play a new one? Um, honestly, I don't think, I don't think it is. Um, I mean, I tend to play the old game. I tend to replay the old classic. I keep going back to LucasArts mainly because I, I grew up with the LucasArts. I never really played any of the Sierra games, but there's things like... Gasp! I know, yeah. Sorry. I didn't want to say that because I knew you guys focused <laughs> so heavily on Sierra. Uh, but yeah, LucasArts and, and uh, Revolution with their Broken Sword and Law of Temptress and that. Um, going back to those old school games, um, I, I kind of... I mean, I, I grew up with them, so I, I can't really say that they're... You know, it's, it's, it's not bad, but I think... I know them inside out, essentially, what I'm trying to say. So mm -hmm. to go back to an old game, which I haven't really played, 
Um, mm-hmm. I can't really think of anything I've played in the past five years that I that I've missed as such. Um, I mean, I have the wall in my Steam library, and then I think, oh, I'll play that after I finish this game, and then another ten games will, will come out that I want to play. And, and like you with the pixel art, yeah. I'm going to play those rather than the old games because I want something new. Um, I guess with the old games, going back to the the whole um, choices issue, is that they're very linear. Um, you, you kind of you know them inside out. You can you can finish them all in. I mean, you can finish Monkey Island in in two hours if you want to. I mean, why you would want to, I don't know. But um, I don't really, I don't really think there's a there's a quality issue there. I don't think it, I don't think it really jars as much. The only thing is, like you mentioned, is the the walk is the the dead ends. You know, I I loathe to play Zach McCracken again because um, mm. it's been it's literally. I don't think I've played it since I was since he came out in in 1990, whatever it was, 1990, and. Um, yeah, I don't think I've played it really since because, I mean, it just sucked basically. <laughs> just the fact that there was a dead end there. I didn't, and and these days, I haven't got the patience, and it's far too easy to go to Google and type in Zack McCracken walkthrough, and that's mm-hmm. that's not how you should play a game. You know, you should play a game and use your head, and it's just not. People haven't got enough patience to do that. I don't think. Well, I say people. Yeah, I don't have enough patience. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, no, that was that was a fair assumption. Do you, you go back and you go back and replay games that you liked before, perhaps like Broken Sword, for example. But do you ever go back and replay indie games that you've enjoyed? Um, I can't think of any really off the off the top of my head. Um, mm. I will mm-hmm. I will pretty much play the the big hitters. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I say, LucasArts Revolution. I can't really mm-hmm. think yeah. of any smaller game. That I, that I, I mean, maybe that's a compatibility issue, and you, you can't get them unless they're on like abandoned wear, which I don't really like to, to do. Um, mm. But if they're if they're on Steam or, or GOG, um, again, I will I'll play the classics, and then if I have the choice to either play a, an old school classic or an old school indie, I'm probably mm-hmm. going to head towards the classics. But then, like mm-hmm. I said earlier on, I've I've only really been it feels like I've been doing this for ten years, but I've only been doing yak white <laughs> slips for just under two. And before mm-hmm. that, like a year, a year of kind of reinvigorating myself into the into the uh, the genre. So, I mean, there's still time. There's 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 always there's always uh, there's always time to play the old games. So, um, outside of Watch Jedi and Grandislav, because those are just way too easy. Uh, what what are some of your favorite indie, uh, modern indie adventure um, games? Mm-hmm. I loved from last year. I think it was. Um, I loved Roki. Like I think it was a breath of fresh air. Um, it was. It's not pixel art. It's from who's it from? Tree Polygon Treehouse, and there's no talking in it. It's all very short, like grunts and noises. Um, but <laughs> what what that shone through is um, it's the story. Like if if it's a good story, um, I'm I'm gonna love it. And Roki was just top draw story. Um, so that's definitely I would I would recommend that to to anyone. Um, whether they're young, old, like the classics, like pixel art, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Apart from that, off the top of my head, on the spot, um, um, I mean, I I kind of like the Siberia series. Again, I'm in. It's kind of a big, big one, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I like I like long, like drawn out stories. I mean, the puzzles aren't that great in that, but it's again, it's it's about about the story, I guess. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, no, I agree. And actually, that, that leads me to a question for you. Um, I'm much more story based to the point where I, I, 
I'm, a, I'm probably more impartial towards puzzle difficulty than anything, but I really, especially nowadays, just don't mind a nice, easy game puzzle-wise. How do you <laughs> feel about that? If, if the story's great, um, will, will you strike a point off or two if the puzzles are too easy? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't at all. I've just recently finished playing uh, Encodia, uh, which came out a couple of weeks ago, and... I I I loved that story. The artwork was just top draw. It's amazing. Um, the puzzles were, you know, pick up this, use it with that, and use it. It was it was really straightforward. As soon as you saw the items in your inventory, you're like, I know what I'm doing here. It's kind of puzzles by the numbers. But the story I thought was was really really strong, and I I really really enjoyed it. And I've not got a problem. I mean, if this if the puzzles are bad then it's really going to bring a game down but if they're easy um it's not i mean i literally this morning finished playing it's not a point and click adventure game it's more of a puzzle game i recently finished playing luna the shadow dust which came out a year ago i think and again you know it's a story about a young boy and a cat who get together it's very um ambiguous the story is it's kind of a bit hazy but you basically got to climb this tower and each room you have to fix some kind of puzzle, push some buttons, pull the spool levers, push boxes, that kind of thing. Um, but this, but the story and the art were, were, were pretty cool. And I enjoyed that, even though the puzzles were a bit, you know, it was okay. The puzzles were fine, but the art was, the art was amazing. It's one of some of the best art I've seen in the game for, for many a year. And you touched onto the music to that. So I guess if one part of a game isn't that great, if the rest of it is great, I mean, I'll gladly play it and I'll gladly recommend it as well. I mean, I guess that's kind of why I've set myself up for what I am. Like, I, I play games to recommend to people and I'll say what's good, I'll say what's bad. Um, if there is a specifically really, really bad game or bad thing, I'm not going to, like, mention the game because I don't want to <laughs> put anything down on the on the developer who spent all this time and effort on yeah. it. You know, it's not fair on them. I might just send him a DM saying thanks for the you know thanks for the option to, to do this i'm afraid i didn't like it i'm not gonna I'm not gonna push it out there because i don't want to i don't want to be that guy mm-hmm. yeah yeah no that's delightful I, I kind of of the mind frame like, like trying to to teach my son since he's using youtube for example i'm like don't don't be the thumbs down guy if if you don't like it just walk away <laughs> you know if you like it give a thumbs up if you don't like it just yeah. just walk away don't don't be don't be that guy yeah yeah absolutely how much uh, time in a week do you think you currently spend on uh, Yak Wax Lips and, and all of the work that you do with it? Um, more than my actual job at the minute, to be honest. <laughs> I probably spend about um, 30, probably about 30 to 35 hours a week. Um, mm-hmm. And every spare moment I get, I, I, I'm on it. I'm either playing a game, I'm either recording a video, I'm either talking to awesome people on podcasts, I'm just... I, I I mean I put no bones about it. I like to do this for a living. It would be amazing, and mm-hmm. I'd be clawing yeah. at every every post to try and do that. And to do that, I need to put the work and the effort in. And so that's what I'm going to do. Um, I have I have a, a job. I'm self employed, so I kind of give myself my own hours, which helps. And what mm-hmm. with what's going on around the world at the minute, I I'm not at work anyway, so I've got all that extra time. So yeah, a think- lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. If uh, if things were different, do you think that you would be traveling around as this profile or doing anything on the go, or do you think it's best suited for you just working from home? Um, 
I'd love to go around. I, I would I would love to just dive in even further. Like I was gifted mm-hmm. when Event, Adventure X was cancelled last year because I would have been there yeah. and hopefully it's on this year. I'd be there like a shot. And mm-hmm. any indie developer that's doing a game, creating a game locally, um, I would be out there and, you know, badgering them, knocking on their door saying, can I talk to you about this? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the mm-hmm. internet's amazing. I wouldn't obviously be talking to you guys if it wasn't for the internet, but um, there's only so much, there's only so much you, you, you can get out of it, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. If you're trying to create something, um, the more effort and the more time there is you put into it, the more the more it's going to grow and the more people are going to take notice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's very obvious how much time you, you're putting into Echo Eclipse because it, it, for me, it can be exhausting just to try to keep up with the releases and the demos and <laughs> the wish listing and everything that that we try to do to support all, all the indie devs, but you you're playing them all you're downloading them all mm-hmm. diving in you know screen grabbing uh, screen capturing the entire experience to to put into a video later i mean it's a lot of work and and it's part of the reason i appreciate your channel so much um the i, I the only downside to your channel is that it tends to cost me money um because you'll go through <laughs> reviews and such like that and i'll head over to steam or gog or whatever and, yeah um, so there's that but in of course in a good way but yeah i, I can only imagine it could very easily be a full-time job downloading everyone's demos and because for for listeners that that uh perhaps you know aren't um you know on on twitter following a bunch of indie devs and things like that it can it's relentless it can be almost overwhelming there is a lot of people out there making uh indie adventure games so it's uh, you know i'd imagine michael you could you should probably i guess could be the one to tell us how how many demos do you see a month it, it seems like three to eight more yeah, I'd, I'd say more. I'd say double that. Um, I mean, if you're if you are on Twitter, um, which I obviously am, Yak Wax Lips. There you go, a little plug. Um, the Adventure Game Friday hashtag is amazing. They they hand it off to a yeah. indie developer every Friday, and then you just you just read below, and you're looking at you know seventy, eighty developers pushing out their game, whether it's just been released or whether they're working on it, and and yeah, you're looking at. Um, yeah, you're looking at, you know, 10 demos a week from, you know, some are tiny little demos that last, they're barely demos, you know, two or three minutes. And then you've got some which last an hour. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm at the point now where I, I, I have to kind of, I've got, I've got a queue, <laughs> like a huge queue. And I say, like, I, I will play your demo. However, the review or whatever might not be out until, uh, you know, two months from now because I've just, the, the timing issue. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot out there, and I feel it's kind of not my job as such, but I just feel a, a, a sense of responsibility. The way that Yak Wax Lips has grown over the past two years, especially with the YouTube channel that I started, I feel kind of um, a responsibility to to point these point people into the right direction of these developers, and um, and to send them over to Gog and Steam and to buy them because you know they, they're not going to. It's basically a f- it's free marketing for the developers, and and at the same time, um, people will hopefully point their finger at me and go, "Hey, that guy's all right. He's doing um he's doing good things for the for the community." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. such a small community that it's it's every everybody's so interconnected and everybody knows everybody else that it really makes sense to work on the reputation that way for sure. It really is like in in. Um, in one of the jobs that I, I did previously, I was um, heavily involved in the folk music scene over here in the UK, and I still kind of am to, to an extent. And um, it got to the point where I was hosting events from people in Glasgow in Scotland, uh, you know, um, in Norfolk, uh, and then people that are coming over from Germany. 
um, which you know it's European, and then they all get into mm-hmm. one little venue, and they and they know each other um, because mm-hmm. it's a very similar scene. Like it's really quite niche, but everyone knows everyone. Like I heard of you guys, what, what two years ago maybe when I joined the Facebook group, and um, mm-hmm. and then off that Facebook group, I've followed must be over a hundred different people. And then you realize that they also follow the same people and it's, it's all a giant, yeah. giant community. And it's, it's why I love it so much because you, you never, there's never a bad egg in there. You know, people always get on and give each other information about what's coming out and, and the old school stuff that you put on your site, which, you know, the, the, the Monday meme dump stuff. It's just fantastic. I love it. I love the, I love the whole scene. It's brilliant. Yeah, it makes me feel more sane because I, I feel sometimes I can feel like just engulfed in complete madness over this obsession that I have. And then you jump online and, and just see the memes, for example, and you're like, oh, all right, I'm not that crazy. I mean, maybe I <laughs> yeah, am, but there's yeah. a lot of people there with me. Which I'm curious about, uh, Michael, did you know anybody else that played computer games? Did you have family members or friends that were into them or did everybody go like the root of the console? I mean, of the, uh, you know, the console game. Um, well, I grew, I grew my, like my my brother and sister. Obviously, they grew up with a with a console. Um, I was actually thinking before I came on, like if we're going to um, talk about the console one. And the re- reason I got into the game to the genre in the first place was it was Christmas nineteen ninety or ninety one, and I actually asked for a Mega Drive, Sega Mega Drive. Um, mm-hmm. Me and my sister were like, well, you know, we'll, we'll ask together, and uh, and we flat out denied. My mum was like, no, it's console, not happening. But you can have an Amiga, and we're like, what's an Amiga? And she wanted to buy it because she thought it was more like a word, word, uh, word processor. So, you know, we can do work on it and we can research, which, you know, obviously wasn't. And then we, we got it that Christmas and, and the rest is history. Um, all my kind of other friends around that time and the friends now, they were, they were all, yeah, they had the Nintendo and they had the Sega. Um, didn't really have any other friends that, that played not, not just Amiga games, but adventure games. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's really been this community that i've kind of found my people and i can talk <laughs> about about you know what everything. i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly that yeah which is I, like i can't wait for the events to start happening in real life again so mm-hmm. i can actually meet these people face to face and shake their hands and be like oh my god you know you're the space quest historian i can't believe it you know you talk about all this stuff <laughs> right, and then yeah. and you know uh, yeah just the the developers and I, I I will kind of I can imagine myself fanboying like meeting uh, Dave Gilbert face to face or something you know I mean I was even massive butterflies in my stomach when I spoke to him on my pad- podcast about the stuff and but to yeah to meet people like that and to have that community there is just brilliant yeah. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head with the, the, you know, just kind of being awestruck around these people. Because even knowing Troels and and uh, being able to call him a friend nowadays, I, if I saw him in person, it would still be it would still be strange. Because like his channel is is uh, like yours. It's the TV that I watch. You know, I, I don't I don't really watch sitcoms and things like that. So like to me, you know, Troels is like you know Brad Pitt or whatever. You know, he's he's the one that I've only seen on TV, and it would be super strange to meet in person and such. Um, yeah. To admit it was pretty cool meeting a bunch of our childhood heroes and and people who were just pictures on the back of the boxes. I don't know how much you do know about Sierra Games, but they they really tended to promote the people that were designing and creating the games almost as a part of the package in the game itself. So yeah. I 
And most of us idolized them just as much as we idolized the characters in the games, if not more. So meeting them was just so surreal. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I do feel like I, I missed out on a huge part of it there. It, was, it wasn't it was all, you know, it wasn't me going, I don't want to play Sierra. It was, you know, I was a 12-year-old kid and I got bought the games that I, I got bought for and they were all mm-hmm. happened to be LucasArts. I don't think um, there was really any... any um, nastiness towards Sierra. It was it was just mm-hmm. plainly that, you know, there was this LucasArts game out, let's get the LucasArts game. I did actually just mm-hmm. finish reading the uh, the Ken Williams books as well, the book, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's brilliant, and I wished I... Isn't he? I oh, wish yes. I knew more about it uh, back then. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one thing that I I want to investigate further on in the future, because to be, like, like you said, Paul, to be like the guy who you watch and know about computer games, uh, adventure games, but me not have ever played King's Quest. It's kind of a bit, you know, oh, <laughs> on the nose. So I need to set aside a good chunk of time to sit down and play. I mean, again, I have them all on Steam, like pretty much every single mm-hmm. Sierra that you can get digitally, I, I have. Um, it's just finding that elusive time. Yeah. Well, Sierra just never really made it very uh, big out in, um, in Europe, did it? I think that's a big thing as well. Yeah. LucasArts were massive, like over here, massive. You mm-hmm. had like the the big displays when day, I remember when day of the tentacle came out and there was like the big displays out in the shops. Um, and with Sierra, I mean, I, I wasn't even, I didn't even know what Sierra was to be honest, like, mm-hmm. cause it wasn't, wasn't really big at all. There is absolutely, I, uh, I mean, you probably already know this cause even if you've never played Sierra, you probably are well aware of some of its, uh, reputation. Do, do not shy away from the walkthroughs if you're playing Sierra. It's not even the, the, the deaths are actually like the fun part of the game for me, but mm-hmm. it's just the, um, the, uh, the walking dead scenarios. There's just so many dead mm-hmm. ends, uh, yeah. especially the yeah. earlier on you go. So just be, be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like the one, like like I keep saying, I do play the LucasArts games a lot, but the ones that I kind of don't play again is Mania Mansion because it's the Walking Dead scenario oh. where you just, <laughs> you know, you could be playing for hours and not realise that you can't actually complete it. So, I mean, may- maybe that's yeah. subconsciously another reason why I've not really picked up a Sierra game because I know mm-hmm. that <laughs> I'm going to have to reach for the walkthrough, which I loathe to do. Oh, and you might want to reach for it before you think, because you might get like three hours into the game and realize that there's something you should have done three yeah. hours ago and multiple save files. And, you yeah. know, there's a bit to it, but it's still worth it. Yeah, I absolutely will put it in my diary. By the end of the year, I would have played half a dozen Sierra. There's a, ta- there's a task I've got to complete. Half a dozen. Got it. Got it. <laughs> One trick I've recently employed is bloody uh, look up. What I would do is like search. I recently replayed the King's Quest games. Uh, for the first time since my childhood. I'm, I'm not a huge King's Quest fan, and, uh, and that opinion stands after replaying them. The, I'm basically, that's my way of kind of subtly telling you to, to play a different Sierra game when you do play one. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> There's not much your better first ones, choice. in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. But a, a good trick to employ is I would just jump on Google and type in, you know, King's Quest 3 Dead Ends, and it'll bring you to, like, fandom.com or wherever, and it'll just tell you the dead ends, so, like, you don't have to you know, feel like you're cheating with the walkthrough, but you also know like the three things to definitely do yeah. in the game. So that's probably the best way to approach approach a, a, a Sierra game. Cool. I will definitely be on that. I'll write no, I'll write that down now because I will forget it. <laughs> <laughs> 
listen to the <laughs> podcast episode and you'll be good to go. <laughs> oh, that's what I learned when I heard that. I, I do that all the time because I, I don't hear myself and us when we're talking. I'm in the moment. So when I listen to it later, when it comes out, I'm like, damn, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's <laughs> yeah. information I can use. <laughs> I'm the same when I record my videos. I like in the early days, I was really quite particular. You know, I cut every single word that needs to be right. And now I just talk. I'm like, if I get it wrong, you know, I get, I get it wrong. You need, there's a person behind it. It's not just a machine like spewing out facts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we never yeah, spew we'll out facts. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we make it a point not to it's yeah. dangerous stuff those facts to the point where i've texted him after episodes i mean like hey that thing i said with confidence yeah it was wrong cut that out <laughs> yeah or to the can point you where change? that's my default assumption now <laughs> yeah like i said three can you make it sound like a seven please he's like yeah that that's that's easy to do <laughs> no it's not <laughs> i find a way it's not easy <laughs> So uh, you've played Toonstruck, right? Uh, way back when I have, yes. Back yeah, me 90s. too, kind of way back when. These guys, I brought it up a few times just to reference the things about it, but they haven't played it before. So I'm just happy to have somebody <laughs> on the show that even knows the game. <laughs> yeah, it was a good game as well. And like it was kind of a cliffhanger ending from what I can remember. And they yes. they were in the process of doing the sequel. I've yes. seen some I've seen some placeholder art for the sequel and all that, but mm. it's... It was not to be, and I think that ship has yeah. sailed, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, it's still worth playing, definitely. Yeah, yeah, worth playing as long as you, yeah, you're not big on continuity or whatever. Yeah. Like, it'd be nice even if there was like a book that explained everything else that was going to happen in the show. But it's funny because they had such a huge cast and they did so much. They they filmed it, they had all the scenes all done up, and then it just was sitting who knows where, yeah. like in a filing cabinet. I think the I think what killed it here in the UK was was the box art was terrifying. And it was like it was aimed at kids, but the box mm -hmm. art was like some killer clown uh, thing. And yeah. so kids wouldn't buy it and then adults wouldn't buy it. And it was like it just did terribly. <laughs> no, it was terrifying. Yeah, that box was, was absolutely terrifying. It's, uh, like, I think it's primarily white with like a, yeah, just this mm -hmm. uh, yeah. jack in the box looking clown. Looks like he'll yeah. wrap you in cotton candy and drink your blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's pretty shocking. Well, it was a. It was it was risque. I mean, even though it, it didn't push like right into the envelope, it, it pushed the envelope pretty good as far as the jokes and stuff go, which was just great when we were like teenagers and playing the game. I'm like, man, this this game is awesome. Yeah, it was great. I mean, for me, it was probably one of my first FMV games. I mean, if you can, you can kind of mm. call it FMV anyway, especially the intro. And uh, yeah, to see to see that was like, oh my god! And it's and it's Doc from from uh, Back to the Future. He was like my hero <laughs> exactly. at the time. So it's, it was made it so much cooler. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, th I think actually in recent years there has been petitions and kickstarters to try and get like sequels off the ground and stuff but um, yeah like I said I, th I think that ship has sailed. That's unfortunate because um, I, I feel like Christopher Lloyd would be well up for it right because he did the voice for uh, Old King Graham in the King's Quest uh, reboot mm -hmm. so I'm sure he'd be on board. That'd be cool we'll have to wait and see. I won't hold my breath though. So could you tell tell for like listeners that haven't stumbled across your channel yet, um, and and they will after they listen to this, won't they? Um, <laughs> could you tell yeah. us a little bit about just about Yak, just a bit about Yak Swag Slips and, um, you know the goals for the channel for the, that you have planned, what you're already doing now if they haven't seen it, just kind of the rundown. Yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, well, like like I said, it's been going for about two years. And it only kind of really started 
off as a passion project over on Instagram, actually. I thought I'll share some cool screenshots of some classic adventure games. People seem to appreciate that. So I did more and more. Then I opened a Twitter and a Facebook and all that. And it was, I think it was January last year. Um, I kept being asked by people, am I going to do a YouTube, do videos? So I thought, you know what? Why not? I'm not going to shy. I'm not, I'm not a person to shy away from it just because, you know, I've got to show my face or talk or something. I would gladly grab every opportunity I can. Um, and yeah, it was, um, about a year ago, I started out, um, just with let's plays, simple let's plays of, you know, Monkey Island and Full Throttle and that. Um, but I started like that just to get a gist of how to do videos. What I really wanted, wanted to do and still kind of want to do as I go forward is more the deep dives and more the promoting the genre. So I'll have a look at old school games. You know, I've done videos on like the best 10 characters in Monkey Island and alternative games to Monkey Island. A lot of Monkey Island references. and um, <laughs> But also uh, speaking to uh, indie developers, um, spoke to, and I think you guys did as well, spoke to Jonas, about, uh, Jonas Fish about mm. uh, Prim and mm. did walkthroughs uh, of the Prim demo to show people about Prim. And yet going forward... It's kind of more of the same. I, I get, I'm in a really um, great position where people um, will, will send me previews of games now. So I managed to play them ahead of time. And that, like I said, that elusive time. So I kind of try and play as much as possible uh, of the of indie games, essentially, and rather than the big AAA studio games and, and put them out and, and tell people, this is awesome. You know, th- there is a scene here. And mm. I also, I, I think one thing which I stumbled upon was I'm in several different Facebook groups and different kind of groups for adventure games, but there wasn't really one go-to place to find what was going on. So I started a, a show called Trailer Talk um, about six months ago, where I basically just show three or four trailers for adventure games that are coming out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and people seem to really appreciate it. So then I, I kind of made that into a weekly show. And each week now, um, I do a 10-minute show where I will... I will debut three or four um, adventure game trailers, talk about them, tell them when they're out, um, and leave little links in the description, etc. And again, it's another way to promote promote adventure games. And yeah, so that's kind of where it all comes from, really. And moving forward, it's more of the same, really. More letting people know more about it, um, adding adding extra videos when I think about it. I mean, I've got like ten video ideas in my head already about other things that I can do that, that will promote the genre. And so expect to see those on, on the YouTube channel at some point. And, and then the final thing that I would like to do is Twitch because, you know, everyone does Twitch these days mm-hmm. and I've never streamed. So I've got a mm-hmm. Twitch channel and all that. And again, rather than going on Twitch and playing Monkey Island, because, you know, everyone knows the game, I'll go on there and I'll play an indie game. You know, I'll play mm-hmm. um, whatever indie game has been out in the past Week. You know what? It's not even the past week. It could be the past couple of years because indie games, indie game developers, mm-hmm. a lot of games go under the radar. And I think I kind of, I could be the guy who brings them to the forefront. So in the, you know, near future, I hope to, I hope to do that as well. The short, the short, the short version too. is basically if I could do something to promote the genre and I have the time, well, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of our goals too, ultimately in the long run, was uh, to actually promote a lot more uh, indie adventure games. Um, sadly, every time we cover indie adventure games on our show, we notice a very distinct 
drop in our listenership. <laughs> uh, so we try to be, we, we try to build up some goodwill before we uh, crack out the uh, indie adventure games because uh, we really want to be able to promote them, but they're not quite the draw as, you know, when we uh, release something about, say, King's Quest or Space Quest, you know, then then we bring the numbers in. Yeah, I'm going to get a lot of hate from this episode after not playing King's Quest or Space Quest. I'm going to get a lot of people going, man, you're a fraud. Or, or the LucasArts ones. Like, <laughs> one of our biggest episodes is when we covered um, uh, Fate of Atlantis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and Maniac Mansion and such like that, which, uh, which is also kind of amusing to note because we mentioned how Sierra really promoted the developers uh, and the people behind the scenes. Just they all become big, you know, big names in amongst the community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have like the Coles, we have Al Lowe, um, the Williams, of course, are legends. Uh, but then we bring on someone like Noah Faustine, and it's just kind mm-hmm. of just another episode. You know, I even posted in the LucasArts group, uh, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to have Noah Faustine on. Uh, we'll take questions if you want us to um, uh, ask them on the show. And we've got like no responses from it because oh, no one really knew who he was. Yeah. Man. Yeah, but you know what? You definitely won't get won't get any sort of hate because I think we we don't represent the, our own listeners very well in just constantly banging on about Sierra. I think <laughs> I think the the, 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 the the silent majority is is still is still on the LucasArts side, and, and we all love LucasArts as well. I think the problem when it comes to the show and such with LucasArts for me is that they're they're kind of just too perfect. There's really no controversy. Like, like every game they done was amazing. Um, maybe not you, Zach, but but you know, even <laughs> Zach McCracken, it, it, even as their their weakest link or or whatever, it's it's still not a bad game. It, 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 I had a good time with it. Uh, granted, you know, I, I I succumbed to using a walkthrough at some point. So that being said, it was enjoyable then. But yeah, with with LucasArts, their, their games are just all amazing. Um, whereas you know, with with Sierra, we can we can argue and. You know, get, go down the rabbit hole. Honestly, mate, you probably don't even need to play many Sierra games if you've been listening to the show. I think we got you covered. You probably feel like you have. <laughs> you know more than the average person just by listening to one episode of ours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's one of the major you know, I, problems with um, with people these days is, um, and it was my problem two or three years ago as well. Is just not realizing the vast vast array of games that have come out amazing games um, because people would rather go back to the so-called golden days um and, mm-hmm. and i think it was yeah. um it was uh again speaking to francisco gonzalez again he yes, he worked sure. out that um in between 1999 and 2000 i think like that te- that 10 year decade of the so-called classic era since like in the past five years or whatever there's been more games released now than there was then or something like basically yeah there's so much around there but people are still harking back to it's not as good as monkey island you know it's not as good as broken sword it's you know it's i'd rather play those and like i say i was exactly the same three or so years ago and um which are kind of one reason why i decided to take dip my toe in the water and, and do what i do yeah, no, I'm really glad that you are because the the modern classics uh, or modern adventure games, more appropriately, are there's there's just amazing games out there. And but yeah, we've all been guilty of of going back to you know like comfort food, going running back to to Space Quest or Monkey <laughs> Island or wherever. But but at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, you've got to 
expand your horizons if you're not playing the the, the modern adventure games. Uh, you could even do it like myself and, and Michael and, and and my co-host as well. Usually picking the, the pixel art ones, it feels like it, it looks like it, but it's it's just amazing. The stories are, are fantastic. Uh, like like you said earlier, mm-hmm. mate, it's uh, they can be a little darker, a little more mature, or not. Mm-hmm. Um, however you like it, because there's that many options. But yeah, that's my my mm-hmm. favorite. Um, segment on your show is is the is the trailer talk because it's it's so so fun to see what everyone's coming out with and it's been good you know for anyone that's played uh whispers of a machine or kathy rain or gemini rue or golden wake um just there's just been some amazing games in the last 10 years and i think some of us can be guilty of uh buying new adventure games which is lovely that is that is most of the point, I suppose, but uh, we can be guilty of buying them and then just letting them sit in the library while we revisit Space Quest again. Um, <laughs> so if, if that's what you're going to do, cool, because you're buying it, you're supporting the developers, but it would be really nice if you played it too. I'm also saying that to myself. <laughs> Reminder, play the indie games in your library, Paul, and everybody else. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. Like, like I said, like I've I've got so many in my library, and I'm I'm be, I get given, um, you know, one or two a week, which is like I'm totally privileged in that aspect. Um, I don't have time to play one or two new games a week, so I have this list that yeah. goes on for quite a few months. And one one thing that I I started to do is um, I think the Steam Game Festival last summer was when the first time I did it. I basically tried to play all the adventure game demos I possibly could yeah. and review them in mm-hmm. one video. And, I mean, it took up my entire weekend, the Friday to the Monday, and I didn't see my wife at all. And it was it was amazing. And then I had to edit the whole thing. It was so, so much work. And I was exa- it felt like, a, you know, I was exhausted, physically and mentally exhausted. And then you put it out there, and the re- the response from it was was brilliant. Like, people were saying, I'd never even heard of this game. You know, even though the festival was on and all that, it was so, like, tucked away and hidden because... There was thousands of games to play. And so, and, and I kind of try, every time there's a festival on, a digital festival, I, I kind of try and do that now. I set aside, you know, here's four days of my life gone to play games. Um, and I'm going to do that because people need to know about that tiny little Slavak game that cost $2,000 that they kickstarted three <laughs> years ago, which is finally coming out. And it's a one man team. It's like, you know, they need to play, they need to know about this stuff. Yeah. No, it's brilliant. It's it's. I think a lot of us, when we get this passionate or, or borderline obsessed with it, we, you know, we have a tendency to, I guess, try to make a game of our own, things like that. But nobody was stepping up and filling like the the void in, in the media side of things, in the promotion side of things. So I'm really glad you did. And I think I could be mistaken, but if you said it was like last summer, that that video you just spoke of might have been the one in which I discovered your channel by. But regardless, I remember it vividly. And yeah, I, I think I wishlisted, you know, nine out of the 10 games yeah, um, that yeah. you had reviewed. Not saying it was 10, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it was it was important. And it, it, it just on my case alone is proof that, that it worked because I did go and wishlist at least every pixel art game, um, probably a few others. And, you know, when they're available, I'll be buying them. So it's, you know, you're, you're achieving but will that you goal. Be, will you sure. be playing them, Paul? <laughs> You've got to play them too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean i feel like my job is done in that case because that that's exactly the reason that i it's not the reason i set yak wax lips up it, i set it up because i wanted to share old school adventure games but it's definitely my philosophy now and the reason that i do this now so i i really appreciate that you said that because it makes me feel makes me feel like yeah yeah i'm doing a good thing 
Yeah, no, you really are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I need to take my own. I'll listen back to this episode and hear myself yelling at everyone, <laughs> including myself, to play them. <laughs> um, you know, one, one thing to get out there for, for any listeners who don't know, um, it's, 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 a nice, it's a nice reference, but for anyone who's not familiar with the origin of, of your name of Yaxwax Lips, could you tell them? Uh, yes, I mean, so, someone mentioned it to me the other day, and they, they like, I didn't even really realise this, but there, there is a yak with in, in Zach McCracken, but mainly the Yak Wax Lips reference is, of course, I'm a, I, I've mentioned Monkey Island numerous times, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, when you go into the mansion in uh, in Monkey Island and you use all the things, and it's like in my in my eyes, it's one of the best scenes in adventure game history, apart from the the dancing skeletons in Monkey Island too. Um, yeah, they're they're fighting behind the wall, and they use um, the the Guybrush uses the with yak wax lips with a yak, and um, yeah, th- there it is. Coming up with a name, I was like, can I call myself Plunder Bunny? I mean, it's a bit obvious. And then uh, there was already someone called Plunder Bunny who looked quite questionable in a uh, in quite a, a evocative way. So I thought I'm not going to go there. Uh, and so yeah, I, I uh, yak wax lips. There it is. And uh, the icon that I use for Yak Wax Lips is um, is the actual icon that that is used in the in the game, although tweaked a little bit due to copyright reasons, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really that's funny about Plunder Bunny too. I imagine if you'd stuck with that name, you'd probably get free demos in your messages as well as perhaps some news content. Yeah, I absolutely would. <laughs> and you know, various photos of things. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to start to wrap up here. Uh, Michael, it's been lovely talking to you, mate. I really do hope to get you back on. We should touch base every now and then and, and see what's going on. But before we go, um, could you take a second just, just to plug your channel and your, your, your website, Patreon, things like this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I have, I have all of that. I have a brand new website, which has been live for a couple of weeks, which is yakwaxlips.com. Um, I, everything is yakwaxlips, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of that stuff, YouTube, just type in yakwaxlips, it's there. And yes, I do have a Patreon for people who want to throw a bit of cash my way to help with, um, essentially my time making all the, all the stuff. But, uh, yeah, just check me out at yakwaxlips.com. Lovely. Yeah, everyone, please go check out his YouTube channel. His content is amazing. If you see him on Twitter, say hello. Give him, give him a, a retweet. That those things mean a lot to uh, to creators of any sort. It's just a little tap of your finger, and you move on with your day. But it really makes theirs. So if you see uh, a cool new video posted by by Michael, you know, give it a bloody share. Um, was that like subtly guilt-ridden enough? I hope so. <laughs> um, that was that was perfect. Yeah, we need we need to just point and click. There you go. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> and if you don't, we won't be mad. We'll be disappointed. <laughs> um, thank you all very much for, for listening to the show today. Um, as always, you can find us on Facebook. We're a page. We're a group. We're also on Instagram at CGG Podcast. We're on Twitter. Do us a tweet at the CG Guild. Uh, you can send us an email, mail at classicgamersguild.com. Um, and a huge thank you to all of our Patreons. Um, Love you guys. Thank you so much for supporting us. It means the world to us. And uh, extra special thanks to those in said tier would be to Jay Holmes and Mark Fillion. Be sure to check out Mark's game, Chinatown Detective Agency on Steam and GOG and wishlist it and press all the buttons or smash them if you like. Um, that's it. So thanks. And I hope you, you know, don't do a murder. <laughs>